Hello, Hans. How are you? Ah, uh, hello, Jeff. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Thank you. And you? Very good. So, Hans, I wonder if you could uh, share with me, for the benefit of the audience, just a very brief summary of your spiritual journey. What's 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 brought you to this place? Okay. <laughs> well, um, I think the very first uh, sign of of a spiritual fate uh, in my life was uh, that happened about at about. Uh, when I was about 10 or 12 years, when, when I had three professional wishes, uh, and one of those wishes was to be a bridge builder, and the second was uh, to be a geologist, and the third was to be an astronaut. And uh, I think now, looking back, it's very obvious that uh, uh, those wishes were not on the material plane. It's symbolic. And uh, so, but, but this was the beginning. This was the first sign uh, of my spiritual fate. And then, well, <laughs> uh, then in my uh, younger years, nothing much happened. I wasn't extraordinary at all. I had no uh, spiritual experience experiences as far as I can can remember. Uh, and then, uh, when I was about seventeen, I I discovered uh, the world of literature. Uh, it began with Hermann Hermann Hesse. Uh, then it. Uh, passed over to Tuzege Jung, the psychologist, this uh, famous Swiss psychologist. And um, well, uh, an important phase was, was uh, my uh, six months in London uh, when I was outside Switzerland, when I left the narrow world of where I grew up for the first time for six months. And this was really a... a uh, transformative experience because uh, um, actually I could call it as the awakening of my uh, inner world of my of my spiritual life. I, I happened to come across Colin Wilson, uh, whom you know, uh, and later on uh, when I came back from London, I uh, came across uh, Krishnamurti. And uh, this was the first time that, um, you know, I, I read the first page of uh, a little booklet of his called For the Young. And um, it was the first time when reading a book, uh, a spiritual book, when I had the feeling, this is it. And so it was. Uh, Krishnamurti uh, um, was a very important influence uh, during my 20s. And uh, there were there were some others, Friedrich Weinleib, uh, and um, uh, and Helmut Wolf, uh, and the uh, the American writer Henry Miller. Strangely enough, uh, and then 
I began my studies uh, with the intention, uh, the seemingly strange intention to find the mystery. I, I, I actually, I, I studied histories and, and English literature as a subsidiary subject. And uh, <laughs> uh, for my, uh, for the people uh, whom I told this, uh, there were very few of them, uh, it sounded strange to begin uh, studies with this intention to find the mystery. And um, of course, <laughs> in my studies themselves, I, I didn't find it uh, because uh, history is above all a study of, of political and economic history. And uh, I was very unsatisfied. This was not what I expected in, uh, to find. And so I began studying for myself the spiritual history mainly of Europe with the aim to find the highest what ma mankind had, had found out, what mankind had produced, what the best heads uh, uh, of mankind, um, yes, had explored and, and uh, laid down in, in, uh, uh, in, in, in books or words. Uh, and then, um, I was in a very bad state uh, uh, when, when the end of my studies approached because I, I had no idea what to do in, in my coming life, in my professional life. I, I had uh, severe psychological problems. Uh, actually, I, I uh, felt near uh, madness and it was very, very difficult. And, and uh, uh, inwardly, I had extreme experiences. Uh, I remember one night when uh, I, I, I had uh, seemingly hundreds or even thousands of dreams. It was uh, like in an LSD dream. And um, well, uh, it was really difficult. And then um, I decided, I made a, a very uh, important important decision. Uh, I was asked to be the assistant of, of my main professor and I uh, said no, which was a kind of patricide. He hated me after that. And I also didn't want to write the thesis. And, and uh, when I uh, had done the final exam, uh, I, I had the feeling after that, uh, for months to come, that I had died in a way, and still I was living. Uh, this was a very strange feeling. And just imagine, about two weeks after my final exam, I came across Sri Aurobindo. And this happened via the famous book uh, by Satprem, uh, a French uh, uh, student of Sri Aurobindo and Mothers. Uh, it was his famous biography of Sri Aurobindo called The Adventure of Consciousness. And so it all began. That's wonderful. Thank you, Hans. Uh, fascinating journey. Um, so your journey, just, just so I'm clear, it was mainly through literature. 
up until this point. Uh, you you didn't meet, for instance, Colin Wilson in London, and you didn't, or did you? And and did you meet Krishnamurti, or were you just reading them? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good question. Huh? Uh, no, uh, actually, Colin Wilson, I, I didn't meet, but but I I, I met uh, Krishnamurti. You know, there there were these uh, Sanen camps in Switzerland. Yes. And uh, I was very astonished and, and uh, overjoyed when I heard that uh, Krishnamurti had his camps in Switzerland, because mm. I had uh, only read his book. I had no idea that, that he was in Switzerland. And so I, I attended his camps uh, twice for, for three weeks. And this was quite an experience. And, 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 uh, uh, and of course, I had my inner experiences. You know, my, my, I, I think I can say that my psychic being was very awake uh, in my 20s. Mm. Uh, and uh, actually, the, 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 the real inner start of my spirit, spiritual journey happened via dreams. Yes. And uh, this was my vehicle, I, I can say. Uh, it didn't happen during daytime. It happened in my dreams. Mm. And, and perhaps in, in uh, altered states of consciousness, uh, in trance states, uh, which came from time to time during uh, my wakeful life. But these dreams, uh, they really told me or, or showed me that there was something else. I, I had some extraordinary, beautiful music dreams. Uh, actually, uh, once I, I dreamt uh, the, the hymn to the son of the Pharaoh Ignato. I don't know uh, what's it in English. You know the, the this uh, pharaoh who introduced uh, this monotheistic religion in in Egypt. Uh, uh, his his, um, his it's a poetic uh, work of art. Uh, it's it's not very long. It's called the Hymn to the Sun. Mm. Do you know it? And, I do, I know of it, but I have never read it. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I don't even know if I had ever read it. At any rate, I heard it sung by, by a, a female voice. Uh, in my dream, it was completely dark. And I, I remember uh, it, was, it came from the right side. And it was so incredibly beautiful. I, I mean, I, it, it was uh, beyond words. It, it was not a, a, a nursely beauty. It, it, was, it was more than that. It, it, it was the, uh, well, there are just no words for it. And actually, it was so beautiful that I lost consciousness in my dream because mm. I, <laughs> it seems I couldn't stand it. And, and there were some other music dreams uh, where the same happened. It, it was so uh, other kinds of, of, of music, classical and, and other kinds. And uh, again, I, I, I fainted. It, it was so beautiful. And then there were about two dreams uh, with uh, angel choirs. And, and uh, in one dream, uh, uh, the, 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 this angel choir, it, it, it came, came from, from an abyss. After, after I had first jumped up uh, in the air, uh, and then I, I uh, 
fall, fell back to the, to the ground and, and turned myself around my axis for about six times. And uh, I, I knew that, that um, uh, each uh, turning meant a kind of development I, I had to, I had to, uh, uh, to do to, to, uh, in my life. And, and then this incredible angel choir came from the abyss. And I remember two words, no time, no space. Also, uh, a region uh, the, telling me that there was a region beyond time and space. And so this uh, awoke uh, uh, a longing in, in myself. Uh, uh, I knew that there was another, uh, another world which was not from this world and, and, and uh, and so my contact was via beauty, the beauty of music. Uh, so, yeah. Beautiful. Um, and so in your 20s, you encountered Sat Prem's uh, biography of Sri Aurobindo, uh, yeah. The Adventure of Consciousness. And, yeah. and actually immediately after my studies, after, after that decision. And, oh, and right. And also, uh, perhaps I, I can mention this, I was so desperate that, that uh, I, I don't know, for, for months or perhaps for, for a year, I shrieked inwardly. I, I shrieked and shrieked. Uh, and, and somehow my, my cry was heard. Mm. And, and also my decision uh, was rewarded my my decision not to follow uh, an academic career, which made no sense for me, mm. because uh, I I I was I I searched for a meaning, for a purpose, you know, for a higher purpose. Right. So so when you read Sat Prem's book uh, about Sri Aurobindo, what happened? Because that that obviously reading that book had a significant impact on your life as we will explore so what happened when you read that book did you know immediately that that a new order of possibility had opened up for you yeah first of all i have to say that that uh, it was the same as as uh, with krishnamurti's book i i read the first page and i think i also saw uh, the picture of Sri Aurobindo. And again, I knew this is it. Uh, I mean, this is, uh, this is more than, than uh, a rational experience. It, it was a knowing, this is it. And, and uh, here I have to uh, go back a little to, to my studies because I, during my studies, when I when I studied the spirit, spiritual history of, of Europe, I, I always had the intention to find the highest what, what mankind had had found out. And and when I came across this book, I saw, well, this is it, what I was looking for. This is this is really the highest. I, I, I can't imagine uh, I I had I had at least I hadn't found anything like like that. Uh, it sounded, you know, it sounded like the future, and and you must know that that I uh, I always loved, uh, especially in my younger years, 
um, began perhaps at, at the age of 14, 15, 16, I, I read science fiction literature and uh, I was fascinated by it. And, uh, you know, when I read this biography, I thought, well, this is the fulfillment of, of, of all my, my reading of, uh, of, of science fiction uh, uh, literature. I mean, this is the future. I, I had the, the really a very strong feeling. This is the future. This is uh, the ultimate thing, what, what any human being has done and found out and, and described. So can you tell us, Hans, a little bit, because, you know, one of our points of contact is I'm, I'm very inspired by and fascinated by Sri Aurobindo, and I, I did some, some exploration of Aurobindo um, a couple of decades ago, and, and then kind of became reacquainted with Sri Aurobindo, and, and, and even more so maybe the mother, his, his uh, spiritual partner, teaching partner. Um, and so I'm wondering if you could say a little bit about, you know, Sri Aurobindo and what he taught, you know, what you learned when you read The Adventures of Consciousness. Well, I mean, what, what what impressed me was was, I mean, Sri Aurobindo and the mother, uh, you you can't really separate them because uh, I mean they they are the two in one, and and uh, their uh, spiritual mission was to bring a new uh, to bring uh, a new level uh, into Earth's evolution, and this fascinated me. I mean, uh, it's not only philosophy, uh, all his works, <laughs> all the, uh, which comprise about 15,000 uh, pages now uh, in the last edition of his collected works. I mean, all his works uh, are just uh, the, the description uh, of his inner experiences and what he did. And, and, and uh, the main thing, what, what he and mother wanted to do and, and what they actually uh, did and achieved was to bring down the the supramental this new layer this new level uh, of consciousness down to earth and and this I found fascinating also as a historian uh, because uh, <laughs> it's strange um, I, I studied history but but after after my studies this I, I didn't consider myself any longer as a historian um, because um, I did other things. I, 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 I taught languages and uh, I founded a language school. Uh, now I have a translation agency. Uh, I've had a translation agency for about uh, 20 years. But um, uh, um, I, I've, I've lost the thread now. Uh, you you were talking about bringing down the the supra uh, the supramental to earth, and you were saying that as a historian you found it interesting. Yeah, as a historian, right? Uh, exactly. Here uh, I lost the thread, or I digressed, um, because um, I think 
very, very few people on earth know about that date of the 29th of February, 1956. And, and uh, I mean, as a, historic, as a historian, I must say, this is probably the most important date uh, in, in the history of the earth, because then, actually, the, this was six years after, after Sri Aurobindo's death, um, uh, and, and Mother continued his work uh, with the help of Aurobindo beyond the veil. And and after uh, in in uh, on this uh, on that uh, uh, 29th of February 1956, uh, the supramental consciousness came down to Earth into Earth's atmosphere, and with that with that a new phase, uh, a completely new phase in the human evolution began, because they had brought down uh, a completely new energy, uh, the highest energy uh, which had ever seen uh, the world. Perhaps the Rishis brought, brought it down to uh, about, according to Sri Aurobindo, about 7,000 years ago, but, but uh, the aim of, of Sri Aurobindo and Mother was to make this uh, new consciousness accessible to the whole world. And, and, uh, uh, and their aim was, in contrast to, to uh, most of Indian spirituality, their aim was not, uh, their ultimate aim was not the nirvana, uh, uh, leaving the earth, uh, which they considered as a kind of escape, uh, because um, I mean, it, it may be part and it probably uh, is a part of, of the whole uh, journey, but then they wanted to, to go back to earth and, and bring down what they had found, the supramental energy down to earth and change the fate of man and and not only his uh, uh, spiritual his inner spiritual life his mental life uh, more than mental but uh, till down to the body and this was the really new thing that they wanted to transform the body that they wanted to bring down this supramental energy into their body and transform the very cells of the body this was really remarkable because nobody, it seems, had ever tried to do that. Mm, interesting. So, so you're saying it was February 29th, yep, 1956. Yeah. You know, the the supramental consciousness was brought to Earth. Yeah. And you mentioned that Sri Aurobindo said the Rishis had done this seven thousand years ago, and and the Rishis were those mysterious. Uh, that mysterious culture of beings who wrote the Indian Vedas, the mm -hmm. the, the Rig Veda, mm -hmm. the Rig Veda, right? So, yeah, arguably the oldest surviving spiritual text on Earth. Um, yeah, it's probably true. Yeah, and um, and so in 1956, the supramental was brought to Earth. The mother was was still alive then. Sri Aurobindo was no longer alive. Now you realize that this is the kind of thing that people will hear and they'll, they'll be skeptical. They'll wonder how you know and what evidence there is. 
Um, mm-hmm. what, what do you say to that? Yeah. Well, it's very obvious that, that uh, uh, scientists, uh, rational scientists, <laughs> they, they just don't believe it. Uh, uh, because, uh, I mean, it sounds too fantastical. And, and uh, uh, I mean, and, and also the fact that, that uh, uh, mother, af- after this happened, after mother brought down this uh, supramental uh, consciousness down uh, to earth, uh, when, when talking to a, a disciple, uh two or three days after the event she said well you know only three or four people have have noticed anything of of the supramental uh consciousness coming down which was astonishing because i mean uh, you would expect that that uh, um well that that it would be overwhelming for the people there because you know it happened on the playground where she held her, her Wednesday uh, classrooms, French uh, classrooms for the Ashram youth, uh, but, but uh, uh, other Ashramites took part too in that. And, and only one uh, um, person there uh, noticed something and, and, and three others uh, outside. And, and uh, it's... So this still makes it more difficult to to uh, to find a proof. But uh, mother uh, made an interesting comparison. You know, you know um, when when the mind, uh, the mental faculty, the thinking faculty uh, came down onto earth uh, into the uh, world of the apes, uh, uh, probably no ape was aware of this new vibration. Uh, and so uh, you can compare this to, to, to this new supramental energy. It was a completely new level of, of, of vibration. And so it was just invisible, unhearable for the people there. And, and it took... Uh, some years and uh, till it was uh, till it uh, manifested uh, on earth uh, in in various ways and uh, i mean another proof is of course uh, the what what uh, the mother left after that i mean uh, uh, this happened in 1956 and and then um, soon after that her yoga uh, of the cells began because her aim was the supramentalization of the body and and to bring down the supra supramental energy into her body and during that process which lasted uh, till her passing away in 1973 so about uh, 15 years uh, during that uh, uh, those years uh, a lot of things happened so incredible that, that without uh, this supramental energy, uh, this was just not have been possible, what, what happened there. 
but still, I'm I'm very well aware that, that uh, uh, what I said just now uh, won't convince uh, any professional skeptics. Right. Uh, uh, another another proof might be, you know, uh, for example, um, during. Uh, already during the First World War and, and, and then during the Second World War uh, and, and then uh, at the beginning of the, of the 60s uh, in 1962 when, when, there was, uh, when the Chinese invaded India, uh, I think again in 1965, uh, uh, Sri Aurobindo and mother, they intervened uh, in uh, in world history, because they cared uh, for the whole world, and and they knew uh, it was all important now to to uh, that uh, uh, this coming down of 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 uh, the supplemental energy was not uh, crushed by by political events. I mean, if Hitler had succeeded, then then human freedom would have uh, would have been destroyed for for centuries, perhaps millennia. And so, what Rio Bindu and mother did, she, they intervened in in uh, uh, in rather sensational, uh, uh, rather sensationally. Uh, I mean, I I, I can tell you this uh, because I'm, we are here <laughs> uh, among ourselves and so uh, I, I, I there will not be reactions uh, telling uh, saying well this is completely impossible but but I can tell still I can tell you one example um, <clears throat> uh, what what few people know know is that uh, Hitler uh, he followed, uh, he was a kind of medium, uh, and he followed uh, uh, an entity uh, uh, which uh, appeared to him in a shining armor, and he followed what this entity told him. Uh, and um, and I don't know in, uh, when was this, in, in about uh, 1943 or 1942, rather. Uh, mother took uh, the uh, identity of this, of this uh, being uh, whom Hitler followed, and uh, she told him that he should invade Russia, uh, that uh, he should go on a, on this uh, on that famous Russian campaign, uh, where his uh, um, where and this was the beginning of the end. This was one example. Another example was in Dunkirchen, uh, uh, Dunkirk in English. Dunkirk is it's a place uh, 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 in the Normandie, the French Normandie, and and. Um, uh, the English troops uh, in the Second World War, the English troops were uh, encapsulated there about, I think I remember about uh, 300,000 soldiers. And uh, the, the, uh, the situation was very, very critical. If, if Goering had succeeded to have his uh, aircraft, uh, about 3,000 bombers, 
start, well, they, uh, this would have been the end uh, for, for, for the British troops. But, but uh, uh, um, there were <laughs> some fog uh, for several days. And, uh, uh, and, and Sri Robindo later made a remark. He didn't say exactly it was he, but, but uh, uh, um, uh, for, for the people who knew him, it was obvious that he was responsible for it. So he had uh, uh, um, produced this, this fox so that the Göring's bomber couldn't start. And, and so uh, the British troops were evacuated to, to their home country and, and, and so it could go on. So these are two examples. And, and actually George van Reckem, whose uh, 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 complete works I translated with uh, sometimes with two other people, uh, in, in one book, uh, one or two books with one uh, other translator. Um, um, he, he wrote uh, a last book, uh, which remains untranslated. Uh, it's about uh, these uh, background, uh, as of, I, I don't remember the title. It's about the Second World War and Hitler. And, and, and because George van Reckham wanted to find out if those two st stories, there are more to, to them, uh, if they uh, corresponded to historical truth. And he, he uh, did his studies uh, incredible for, for four years. And, and, and it, was, it nearly killed him because he had... had uh, uh, bad dreams uh, during that time because you can you can imagine what, what this brought with it and and he wrote first his book comprised about one thousand five hundred pages then he reduced it to to about five or five or six hundred pages and and it it was a, a just a, a confirmation of of uh, of what I've just told you also the 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 result of what yes. he found out in. Interesting. Well, I, I find all of these things fascinating. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm too much of a rationalist to hold them in, in, in a literal truth context, but I don't actually believe in literal truth anyway. So, uh, you know, I, I hold a much more symbolic uh, understanding of truth and you know I feel like in our culture because we are so materialistically inclined we we think of we think of truth only in terms of facts mm -hmm. and facts means correspondence with a fixed reality but I don't really believe in a fixed reality I, I believe in much more in a symbolic reality in which everything is symbolic of other things and and so when i hear a fact like on a certain date the supermental came to earth i don't i know some people hold it as a as a kind of literal fact i don't tend to hold it as a literal fact um because i don't believe that i understand the nature of reality well enough to hold something like that i feel like my my the way that I would hold it as a fact would be very, would not be subtle enough 
to capture the reality of it. But I, I feel it symbolically that something happened, you know, mm -hmm. whether, whether it was on, on that exact date or not is, is kind of immaterial to me, but some, some level of consciousness opened up and that's what was then explored through say the 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 counterculture movements of the 1960s um and right up to the present day there's you can you can kind of imagine that that some new possibility opened up and there's different ways to look at that and different ways to express it but mm -hmm. it does feel like uh some higher potentials in consciousness sometime you know and, and it's interesting you mentioned the second world war because it, it seems generally that sometime after the second world war you know the second world war was such a devastating moment in western history where mm -hmm. the the ideals the uh, the ideals of the enlightenment of the of the progressive the progressive idea that we could just develop ourselves and develop our technologies and perfect human life on earth that had been driving humankind for uh, a few hundred years and, and it had such an, an optimistic spirit suddenly crashed into the most atrocious war uh you know really uh in, in some ways at least in scale that had ever occurred before and people saw, oh, all of this, all of the technology that was supposed to make life so beautiful and so perfect for so many people, uh, our, our higher mental faculties that we had been developing, suddenly we realized they could be used for evil as easily as they could be used for good yeah. on, a, on an enormous scale. And something cracked, I think, in, in consciousness. Yeah. Uh, and so lots of things began to happen. And so that all coincides perfectly with this uh, sense that the supermental uh, was brought to earth. Um, yeah, because uh, the supramental is a is a harmonizing energy. Mm. It, it it harmonizes the opposite, uh, the opposites, you know, uh, and 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 it 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 is an all powerful energy. But uh, it's also uh, a harmonizing energy, you know. It 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 because its power is so strong that it can also restrain its power and and so and finds automatically the way to to relax situations uh, which seem uh, not not uh able to be relaxed <laughs> it's beautiful yeah uh, so um it, it it needed this this new energy because our our mind even the higher faculties of mind because uh, probably you know that that uh, uh you could also call Firobindo uh, the cartographer of consciousness because he he different he differentiates between the mind and then there, there is the higher mind the illumined mind the intuitive mind and then comes the overmind 
which creates the break the bridge between the higher levels of mind and the super mind the supramental uh, and um, um, and so this this super mind uh, was was capable of 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 finding a solution to the seemingly unsolvable problems of 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 our world uh, and and um, um, when i when i told you about uh, those interventions uh, in, in the second world war and also when the chinese invaded india it it was uh, to to answer your question uh, about about uh, the supermind. Well, it, it about the proof for the supermind. I mean, this was only possible via a, a, a power which was more than, than the the powers known before. Mm. The normal consciousness would would just not have had the power to do this. Uh, it took uh, an extraordinary new power to do this. Yes, and you know I'm. Uh... I, I'm thinking again, uh, because I, as I said, over the last couple of years, uh, I've kind of become reacquainted with Sri Aurobindo and the mother. Uh, and I tend not to look at things in terms of whether they're true or not true. I, I don't think it's a useful way to think because uh, I... I don't really think, in, I, I don't, as I said before, I don't think in terms of uh, correspondence to reality. I think about, I think of things in terms of opening potentials. Mm -hmm. And when, when I explore Sri Aurobindo's teachings and, and the teachings of the mother, and I, I allow myself to become absorbed in the energies and the ideas that they were inspired by and sharing, I see that that opens up you know, there's a, there was a world of possibility that they were opening up on yes, earth and definitely and and you know the descriptions of the supermind of the supermental arrival on earth these are all metaphors that that help bring that energy of possibility into you into your life you know it's not i think if we if we get too caught up in in the the fact-finding aspect of this, then we're we're still very much planted in in the rationalistic materialism that we are evolving beyond, and instead we we explore the possibilities that open up. So that I'm in the middle of an exploration, you know, my my second time around with Sri Aurobindo, uh, and this time including the mother because she wasn't a big part of my studies before, and I'm feeling the the opening of of possibility and i think a few months ago i had a very powerful experience which happened not exactly in a dream but it started in a dream and then i woke up and the dream continued uh and i was in bed and i i felt like i was my body was like a mountain on the earth and it was longing for and reaching toward the sun Mm. And the sun represented the sun represented something like the supermental 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's the usual one of the pictures that that uh, Rirobindo and and mother use for the for the supramental the sun the supramental sun. Yes, so there you go. So so the sun was calling me up, and and I was rising up out of the earth like a mountain, mm -hmm. and at the same time that I was rising toward the supramental toward the sun, the sun's rays were entering me, and and permeating the earth and. What that, mm. what I realized then, because what I had been contemplating leading up to this was this distinction between involution and evolution. And I felt that that very symbolically, but also very um, graphically for me, and even viscerally, because I felt mm. it, mm. I felt the simultaneity of involution and evolution that the, the earth, the three dimensional being that I am, that is one with the earth, that is one with manifestation, reaching, longing into the sun and the sun's energy and rays penetrating my being uh, and, and transforming me, like you said, at the level of my cells, at the actual physicality of my, and I was stunned. You know, I woke up and I was in this for a few minutes and then I just laid there and I was stunned by the power of that vision. And I, I felt like in moments like that, it's, it's as if I'm getting, I'm being given a transmission directly from, you know, Sri Aurobindo and the mother that somehow yeah. they yeah, allowed yeah. that vision to occur so that I would, yeah. you know, at that deeper, more symbolic level, uh, viscerally understand what they were teaching. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this was it, and uh, you you uh, talk about it uh, uh, using the term vision, but probably uh, so as you describe it to me, it, it was probably more than a vision. Uh, you, you you also uh, use the word viscerally. So yes. uh, and this is typical uh, because uh, uh, this this. Uh, going down to to the bodily level to the physical level and and uh, uh, and and so yeah th this makes sense it's very exciting so hans um, we are going to need to continue this conversation uh, at a different right. time but mm -hmm. i have i've really enjoyed speaking to you today so did i what i want to what i want to do is uh, talk to you again and go more in into Sri Aurobindo's map of consciousness and, mm -hmm. and his vision of how the supramental will transform the earth. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I just really enjoy talking to you, Hans. So do I, really, and and I thank you very much for for giving me the this opportunity to talk to talk about uh, my favorite subject. And and uh, you must know that that uh, for years, for decades, I I was completely uh, alone. I, I had no spiritual companions uh, to whom with 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 uh, whom I could talk about this subject. And now suddenly you have given me this opening, and and uh, it's just uh, incredible, amazing for me that that uh, I cannot now talk. Uh, uh, and there is a bridge between Europe and and America, and and I, I mean it's it's uh, for me it's miraculous, you know. <laughs> it's amazing, Hans, and and just. 
uh, you've translated, is it 20 books uh, by and about, I guess not by, but about Sri Aurobindo's teaching? Well, actually, uh, um, I translated uh, two books by, by Satram. Uh, one, uh, there is a novel among them, among these two, Gringo, and, and uh, the first book of, of uh, his letters. Uh, and, and then I, I translated together with other people, partly uh, the, the complete works uh, uh, by, by George Van Reckham. Mm. Uh, and then the six volumes by Zujata Naha, Satrem's companion, about mother's life called Mother's Chronicle. Chronicles. Oh, so yeah. you, you translated, so, so the book that I've read twice now because I love it so much is yeah. book three of the Mother's Chronicles, Mira the Occultist. Uh, so yeah. you translated that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those uh, six uh, uh, volumes. And, and, and uh, actually, well, th this touched me so much that uh, Mira the Occultist, the third volume, moved you, moved you. because actually when I, I came back from India uh, with about one, more than 100 books, actually they arrived later by, by sea, sea uh, baggage. And, and, and then when I, when I was reading that third volume, something in me said very clearly, well, this must be translated. People must know about this. Mm -hmm. This is so, so extraordinary. <laughs> and so it began. And, and, and then I applied for, for um, being allowed to, to translate uh, the works. Uh, and um, yes, and... And then, of course, uh, I was part of the whole translation of the 13 volumes of the agenda. Actually, I began with the third volume. Uh, I, I translated uh, one volume by myself, another, another volume partly, and the other volumes I, I proofread because, mm. yeah, yeah. So yeah. this was more or less uh, what I did. And, and two, two volumes by Medananda, who is a disciple of, of Windows. And perhaps if, if I may conclude this, if, if you have still one minute, sure. um, uh, there is a story in, in, in that book by Medananda, in one of those two books, which I translated. Um, actually, he lived there on the uh, uh, southern islands, Sütze-Inseln, you know, uh, Hawaii, Maori, uh, uh, Hawaii, Mo Morea, and, and Tahiti, etc. Uh, he lived there uh, mm. because he had emigrated from Germany. Well, and then uh, uh, he tells a story. Uh, he was uh, uh, buying things in a marketplace, and, uh, uh, and then he fainted. I don't know why, and, and he didn't know either. At any rate, he awoke on another planet, it seems. Mm. And the people there, the, the, the beings there, ask him where he came from. And he, he answered them, well, I came from the planet Earth. And then they said uh, in astonishment, oh, Sri Aurobindo's planet. That's hysteric. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
Uh, Seth, thank you so much for sharing that. And Hans, thank you for sharing with us today. I look forward to speaking to you again. I'm, I'm very excited about this. You know, I feel like we're lucky to have uh, someone with your breadth of knowledge of Sri Aurobindo to, you know, act as our guide through what is, a, you know, a, a large body of work. Uh, so it's it can be intimidating for for people to get started in. Uh, and so, <laughs> yes, but but uh, perhaps uh, if this goes on, I I, I could mention some. Uh, reading stuff, um, which is um, easy, also uh, good for for uh, people who start, uh, because, uh, well, some some things read like an adventure story, and and actually th this was my approach. Uh, for me, the whole thing is a huge, huge adventure. Mm. Yes, and and the book you already mentioned, Sat Prem's Adventure uh, Adventures in Consciousness. Yeah, and actually the the adventure. Uh, the adventure of consciousness is one line in, in Sri Aurobindo's uh, epic uh, poem, uh, Savitri. I see. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Well, that's wonderful. So we will pick up this conversation again, Hans. And again, I want right. to thank you so right. much for everything that you've shared today. Well, I, I thank you. It's really an honor and, and uh, a great pleasure to, to uh, more than a pleasure to, to, to be able uh, to, to, to speak about uh, that subject. Thank you, Jeff. Well, thank, thank you, you so much, much, Hans. And we'll talk again soon. Okay, great. Okay. okay. Bye now. Bye, Jeff.